0: You ready for it? Go Jags. Oh, God. Are we doing... I thought we are doing Duval. Oh, we should do a Duval. We should do a Duval. We need to embrace it. All right. You ready? Let's do it. All right. One, two, three.
1: Duval! Duval. Whoop! (laughs) (laughs)
0: and welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. This is Bentley. I am joined via call by Ased, and we are in the week after the Jaguars lost to the Texans 37-21 in the opening game of the regular season. In a second, I'm gonna give the rundown on what my trip from Denver to Houston was like. Saw mad Jaguars fans there, uh, drank way too much alcohol for a very short, condensed period of time. And enjoyed watching the game, even though it mostly sucked. But before then, said, how are you, man? And what was it like to watch this game on TV? I would say well, it was a good time, man. I was with
1: all my old friends. You know, I was going to a wedding the next day. So a bunch of friends from out of town were there. You know, people were pretty hype about our Jaguars. You know, even my friends, they, they thought we were going to win the game. Of course, I was with my friend who's a Texans fan. And he was in my head the whole game, so that didn't feel very good. But I am not going to panic because week one doesn't mean that much in the NFL. Remember, we won our first game last year and then lost every game after.
0: That's what was, something I was telling Texans fans: don't get too excited about this game.
1: Exactly right. They, I mean, realistically, they could lose out and they play like the Browns next, so they might be in trouble.
0: Tell me what was it was like you were you were watching in a Texans bar in. Denver how does it look sort of like drive by drive play by play where where did your hopes fall off the cliff
1: well Bentley I hate to say it but I think my hopes fell off the cliff probably our first offensive drive when we had a what was it a false start and then followed by a timeout before we even took an offensive snap pretty bizarre you don't see that very often right coach calling a timeout before you even take a snap we just looked all out of sorts from the first drive and I'm not going to lie. I was feeling pretty good about our defense after the Houston's first drive as I believe they went three and out and we got the
0: ball back pretty quickly. One takeaway I have watching the game in person is that the defense looked very hyped up. They looked fast and they looked confident despite what I know. I mean, I know they got 37 points scored on them, including some inexcusable stuff, especially that bomb at the end of the second quarter to set up another Texans touchdown before the half. But <laughs> other than that, the, the, defense, the defense looked legit, even though they didn't play legit.
1: They looked legit the whole game, because I think after that first drive, they looked legit. I mean, Shaq Griffin almost had an interception. And after that, they looked like they were getting pushed around and Houston was doing whatever they wanted to the Jaguars. Whatever they wanted, man. Tyrod Taylor looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It was very surprising, especially after you know, a couple years ago, what was it four years ago? We saw him in a playoff game with our great defense, and he couldn't even score a point.
0: Messy game. It was very messy. Messy. In fact, Bortles was super messy that game too. It was kind of a battle of the battle of the bulge. Yeah, it was <laughs> ugly. But yeah, so this game, Taylor goes out there. I mean, by by their what was it? Their second or third drive. They were in this pattern of, you know, score, score, punt, score, score kind of thing. Anyway, I do want to hear more from you, though. Was there a point during the game where you just, like, stopped talking to people? Did you have to go, like, take a smoke break outside? Like, did it, did it continue to crater for you?
1: Yes. <laughs> you know, I walked in. I, I had a breakfast. You know, I had a mimosa. And about two drives through, I'm sitting there ordering shots, man, because I cannot even take it anymore. I'm just saying to everyone next to me, I'm like, this is the worst coaching performance I've ever seen. This is the worst coaching performance I've ever seen. Then I'm talking to my friend who's an Ohio State fan. And I'm like, what's going on? What's going on with Urban Meyer? And all I'm hearing is he makes good second half adjustments and this and that. But honestly, I lost faith after what happened at the end of the first half. Like we would have happily been down 13 points, I believe it was, but no, 35 seconds left or something like that and let's throw the ball three straight plays and punt it back to them
0: with three timeouts
1: and then they go down the field and score again and that's when it felt like it was out of reach right after half
0: yeah and i you know i don't want to hash out too much of the stuff that that listeners may have heard on the many other jaguar shows uh, as well as followed on twitter criticizing the coaching but there were just some really big shortcomings here namely the lack of organization uh, specifically offensive formation. We were getting called for legal formation, it seemed like, almost every drive. Uh, <laughs> we had uh, either too many or too little players on the field on several occasions, lack of uh, defensive follow-through. Again, this is another coachable thing that was getting criticized. And back to offense, the run-to-pass ratio, something we'll get get back to in a little bit. No, we here. have to. but The run-to-pass ratio was, like, super effed up. We kind of barely ran the ball. You could say we kind of we gave up on the run, but I I I don't think that's entirely valid. I remember watching when we when we had that uh, drive and Lawrence threw his first NFL career touchdown to tight end uh, Chris Manhertz, a 22-yard score that put, brought us uh, within seven. So it was seven to 14, and this is in the you know second quarter. Right. We we were in the very much in the game. I mean. Oh, for sure. <laughs> That but that was about it, right? That was about the last moment that that we could that we could say that. But yeah, so coaching shortcomings. Do you think? I mean, your gut impression is this something that Urban Meyer, being an experienced professional, is he going to be able to rebound from this in a meaningful way before next week's game?
1: I would think so. If he is who we think he is, then he will definitely be able to rebound. I know he doesn't want Trevor throwing the ball like that that many times. I believe he mentioned it in a in the post-game uh, press conference. I don't know exactly what he said, but he basically said he's not going to be dropping back 50 times. My main concern, man, was where's James Robinson? Where the hell is he? I can't tell you how many times I said something along the lines of why is Urban Myers sucking Carlos Hyde's Then And I remember they're Ohio State buddies. And it just seemed my like Carlos Hyde, you know, was... Present more than James Robinson in the offense. And that honestly pissed me off a lot.
0: Yeah. So looking at the stats here, both of them combined only carried the ball 14 times. We also had one LaVisca run, which was a nine yard gain. But Carlos Hyde, nine runs, James Robinson, five runs. So Hyde with more than double Robinson's runs. Both of them averaged about five yards a carry. So they actually ran well. I mean, watching the game there, I I was like, Shit. I was like oh, Hyde would touch the ball and run for ten yards, and I'm like looking around all these Texans fans, like, hey, 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 look, who we we got him back, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, but but Robinson didn't give any reason whatsoever to to not carry the ball as much as many times, and this is a major point for concern, dude. Like he did, he just get he didn't get a chance. He didn't, you know. I mean, it's like. God, it's like walking into a restaurant with like a world-class chef who can make you any dish in the world. And you say, yeah, I'd like a hot dog with like relish and extra mustard. <laughs> you know, you're just, you're just not giving him a chance.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it was definitely very disappointing that James Robinson didn't touch the ball. And like you said, was there a reason behind this? Did he do something wrong? I didn't see anything that he did wrong. I mean, his first carry went for 12 yards, but it got called back for holding, I think, on Linder. And after that, just felt like I kept seeing Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde, that's it.
0: So before we get into the story of going to the game here, I'm curious, as you look ahead to next week, as you keep this, this week's game, and the Texans game in mind, who did you like? I mean, what, what looked good to you? What are you excited about from this last game?
1: I'm excited to see Trevor Lawrence some more, man. I saw a lot of good things. You know, he really drove the ball down the field. You know, you could see the zip he has on the football. You saw him take some shots down the field, which we are very happy to see after, you know, having Gardner Minshew who would not do that as much. I'm excited to see Trevor. I know he wasn't seeing seeing everything correctly, you know. He was he was honestly seeing ghosts it seemed like. You know, he's throwing into his own coverages and it would just be right to the defender's hands man i mean two of his picks were really bad one of them i think i can excuse but the other two i cannot
0: yeah visible uh, nerves and some some really bad throws out there one of those picks he was on the move and then overthrew his receiver did not did not look amazing and you know he talked about these throws later on and and kind of went through moment by moment as to what mistakes he made well, <laughs> another one, man. It was like the third pick. And these these are very you know, Bortles reminiscent, right? Like these are moments where we're, we're only down by two scores. Oh, yes. Otherwise, the drive is going really well, um, even from a passing standpoint. And then he just throws a pick that has... As I'm I'm in the stadium, I can't even see who he was throwing it to. I think he underthrew LaVisca Chenault by like I think so too. Yeah. Not not just like yards by like, you know, fing decades of time or something, man. It was it was uh it was very bizarre. Trevor Lawrence also jacked up a duck. And so for all the hate we gave to Blake Bortles and his Kansas City Chiefs collapse in 2018 or whatever, <laughs> for like really sh performance. I mean, no excuse for Bortles. I guess uh, we were making fun of him for this kind of stuff in his fourth year or fifth year after he's gotten a new contract. It's a little bit different story. But Trevor Lawrence also made some really embarrassing mistakes, and I don't know if they like censored this shit from like the television broadcast or whatever. But there were a couple just like weird, floaty, dangerous balls out there. So it was it was scary to watch, but you know, not like existentially scary to the point that I don't think he's gonna learn and grow from this.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. You c- you got to cut him some slack on. You know he's a rookie. It's his first game and I don't think he was really set up for success. So I'll give him a break on this one.
0: Gonna move on now to the story of going to the game. Is that cool? Ah uh, dude, I've been I've been waiting to hear about these stories, man. All right. So for this basically means any of the actual football lovers Show's over. Thanks for joining the Drunken Jaguar. (laughs) Bentley's going to go on a little bit of a narrative story here. If you're here for the stories, you know, this is the time to sit back, uh, uh, relax, and turn that volume up. I wound up uh, flying out of Denver on a direct flight to Houston. And when I got onto the plane, there was a very long object that one of the flight attendants was trying to to make sure it fit into the overhead bins. Oh, boy. And it was so long it was taking up two bins and it was like this like poster tube looking thing but like hard plastic right maybe like a pvc pipe i don't know i don't know how much i believe in like fate and things meant to be not meant to be but i had been debating this trip for a while you know i reached out to you we actually were semi planning it together for a while we were looking at going to jacksonville together for a while so I was like, man, it's a weird feeling to be traveling by myself to a football game, even if it is like the first of the Urban Trevor era, right? And all this, shit, you know. And so I'm having these thoughts, and as I'm having these thoughts, that pipe fell on my head.
1: You're lying. <laughs> like
0: the the corner end of it, like hit me on my bald yeah. noggin, man. <laughs> uh, and I, and so I was suddenly that guy who just gets like. Over on an airplane, I'm like leaning over. The flight attendant like brings a bag of ice, <laughs> and she says, "Sir, I'm happy you will get my manager. Uh, we can talk through anything you want to, whatever you want to do." And I was like, "I just want to know <laughs> who brought a pipe on an airplane."
1: He <laughs> had a concussion, huh? <laughs> Yeah, so so who did bring this uh pipe on the airplane and why was it next to you? Was it like someone right next to you, like behind or in front of you or what what what's the deal?
0: So it turns out it was the person right in front of me. So of all people that heard me muttering that shit, it was that person right in front. Oh. And but he was traveling as a group and it actually wasn't his piece, it was his friend's piece, but they were all kind of doing the same thing. So with the plane lands and I'm already thinking of like, man, I, you know, I'm like Got to de-escalate, de- like just forget about it, right? Like as long as I'm, right. I don't have like dilated pupils and like bleeding out my brain, r- things are going to be okay. So I noticed the guy's like kind of friendly and stuff. So I'm like, hey, man, like just curious. They didn't let you guys check that shit or whatever. And he's like, no, no, it's actually fishing rods ah. that the rest of us had like professional f- insulated, you know, fishing rod containers that don't send people into – head trauma emergency (laughs) wards. right he's like but my buddy over here tried to save money so he designed his own like pvc pipe thing so then i'm like okay good at least i'm gonna get like a good jaguar story i'm gonna trap them into telling me they're texans fans and all kinds of shit so i'm like okay well so you guys are from houston it's like no we're from new orleans oh (laughs) you're watching the saints game i'm like okay what Dead end, dead end for me. What were
1: they traveling to Houston for? Did they even mention?
0: They may have been cutting across to New Orleans. After I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, another theme this whole time is that all the hurricanes that are blowing through, even the storm that came in after the Jaguars game got classified as a hurricane later. Oh, really? And so, at the same time, you know, the Saints game got moved to Jacksonville as a you know quote unquote neutral location. I mean, I've I felt like the any of the Texans games might suffer that fate. Right.
1: Okay, so you, so you get there when? What what day do you actually arrive in Houston?
0: So I arrived the afternoon, Saturday afternoon. Oh, and I wanted to make sure okay. I got there in time for the Bold City Brigade uh, bar outing the night before the game, and I had signed up for also the BCB breakfast uh, bar gate before the game on Sunday morning. I guess people don't really have like their own cars and stuff to like do a tailgate in the parking lot, right? What the bull City brigade and a lot of the Jaguars fans wind up doing is they'll, they'll find a, a supportive bar that could host uh, Jaguars uh, fans before the game. So, so on Sunday morning, they actually opened up a breakfast buffet with like three drink tickets from 9am to 11 <laughs> that people were just pounding super high calorie meals, man, like breakfast tacos By design, right, and then like a waffle ice cream station with like peanut butter sauce and chocolate chips and stuff. It was. It it sounds good. It was. It was beautiful. It was beautiful.
1: It sounds tasty. And that nine a.m. that early, and the game what kicked off at one.
0: Yeah, and so and don't forget the night before we were all at this other bar, uh, this place that actually hosts the one of the local chapters of Jaguars fans to come and watch the games. So I go to that place. You know, I have a truck rented and I go park and, and walk in and I was expecting to find like 20 people, man. I want to say, I don't think it would be unfair to say there were 200 Jaguars fans that came in and out of that bar on Saturday night. Really? That's actually crazy. From the get go, man, you see the teal and black, the gold, you see the leopard skin fucking dresses and socks and shit. Another impression I had is that a lot of golf shirts, man. Jack- Jacksonville residents and their professional ass golf shirts, some of them Jaguars themed. There's everywhere. Is there a- There's even these couple guys, they're like, yo, bro, sick golf hat. Yo. And I look up and they actually had like golf themed hats on and then Jaguars shirts and stuff. So mm-hmm. a lot of golf, a lot of golf uh, influence.
1: Okay, now, now tell us about some good people you met
0: good people uh, yeah so I met some you know some of the Jaguars regulars uh, chatted with Eric Dunn for a while first time to meet him there were uh, some media personalities there uh, Brent Martineau uh, was there who I knew from Twitter uh, talked to the Tim the made by Tim account guy who does a lot of awesome graphic design for Jaguars paraphernalia um, he was there we talked for a while. It was it was a lot of fun. Now, we also met people who lived in Houston or other parts of Texas and had just come locally to watch the game and and to hang out. Right. Yeah. I got a shout out to this guy, Chad, who uh, bought me and Eric uh, fireball shots (laughs) midway through. Okay. (laughs) Who's a Jaguars fan that watches Jaguars games in his garage, usually, um, if he doesn't come out to that bar where they where they meet up sometimes. Where he he's got a uh, it was called a kegerator in his, in his garage. He showed me pictures and stuff. You know, it was very it's very educational. It's very educational to come out and meet these types. Now um, I did have one person I met like in a beer line who um, you know everyone's got their topic, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I met this guy Brett. He's got a YouTube show. I'm excited to check out, and he was super pumped about the Trevor Lawrence era. You know, we're already, like, projecting stats, you know, looking for, like, three TDs tomorrow, 300 yards passing, just running all over the Texans. I mean, this is some people, that was their energy. Um, Another guy I met, uh, who will go unnamed, uh, is talking about his hate for the Titans, right? And this is, you know, we're in line for drinks here, so Mm -hmm. it makes sense, you know, bring up the Titans, that, that word i I usually don't want to hear and so you know we, we beep it out on our show as much as possible and he he's like you know i hate steve mcnair he's like if 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 i if i ever hear steve mcnair's name or if i ever see him it makes my blood boil and i'm thinking to myself oh my god poor steve mcnair wasn't wasn't he shot and killed like 12 years ago
1: and apparently this guy had no idea
0: which is a little embarrassing this guy has no clue, man. And he's like, if I see like Jeff Fisher or Steve McNair out in the wild sometime, I'm going to f them up. And I'm like, sadly, someone's
1: already gotten there. <laughs> someone's already got to Steve. I mean, I guess he has some hope of, uh Jeff Fisher.
0: Conversations like that were all over the place. Then we get to breakfast the next day. <laughs> At breakfast, again, three drink tickets and uh, unlimited tray of food here even the people serving the food were taking shots as they were serving as they're making these breakfast tacos oh boy so at each place so the night before and the breakfast place man it wouldn't be more than a few minutes and you would hear a duval right so people were calling for duvals and they're getting echoed if we found a, an unlucky texans fan in one of those places they would make sure to shout in that person's general direction so one amazing point is i'm on i had like a <laughs> had a bloody mary Followed by a beer, and I'm sitting here waiting on like a coffee with Bailey's or something for the road. Oh my goodness! And there's a guy across the bar, who says, "Hey guys, we've only had nineteen Duvals, and we're going for twenty. Can we have one more?" <laughs> Duval.
1: They they really love saying the uh, the Duval chant, huh? I feel like. It's weird when, you know, me or even you say it, you know, because, you know, we're not like residents of Duval County, you know, so it's a little weird saying it. But those guys, they love shouting
0: that, huh? Yeah, it's funny because even when I lived in Jacksonville as a kid, Duval County is, yes, the main county, but it's not like the only county that people are hailing from to... You know that would be Jaguars fans, right? Uh, And it's funny also to share it with friends, like or like or like my dad from Dallas. Like, yeah, yes, the name of the county, because you know obviously he was living he was living there in Jacksonville as well, right? So so we're always imagining like what what other county names could you associate with an NFL team and just like scream that county name.
1: Yeah, that that is really weird weird to think about, right? I don't think any other team in any sport does anything like that, do they? Nah,
0: it's it's a I've never heard of it. It's a unique one though. I mean, we've got a chant, which is which is pretty funny. Another guy, uh, you know, waiting for drinks and in line at the breakfast um, just goes on this rant about quarterbacks. And and he was definitely in the category of like, you know, Trevor Lawrence, just mystique here. Super pumped for it. Uh, Talking about (laughs) his choice of words is amazing. He says, like, we had blue balls for Blaine. We had blue balls for Blake. And we had blue balls for the whole 2017 season, but none of it was sustainable. <laughs> and I was like, um, okay, I, uh, I hope Trevor doesn't disappoint your current blue balls. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> people say the funniest things, don't they? Especially drunk people, right? Always saying the
0: funniest stuff. Like 10 a.m. on a game day.
1: Did you feel like one of those, you know, lonely kids at school, you know, you're there by yourself, you know, you walk into the, either the breakfast or the bar and you're like, you know, I'm going to go get a drink. What, what's my move here? Am I going to sit by myself or am I just going to start chatting up, you know, strangers, even though, you know, they're strangers, but they're Jaguars fans. So they should feel somewhat like, you know, family, you know, football family.
0: Yeah. I, I would say a mixture of all those things. You know, I walk in there and I I want to make friends. Right. I mean, I'm intentionally coming to meet people that I hope to see at future games. So from that perspective, it was it was it went mightily fine. People were mostly like open and willing to talk. Almost no one was a jerk. I mean, it was like it was it was a pretty friendly crowd. Um, I also happened to meet a current FSU student who was like I was as I was talking to him, <laughs> and he was great, but he was like his eyes were on the FSU Jacksonville State game. right that FSU lost on the last play. <laughs> so so he had a hard night even before the Jaguars game started on Sunday.
1: Tough weekend for him, really. God.
0: Yeah, but by 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 the breakfast in the morning, man, you walk in there and you already know several phases from last night. Uh, you we're already talking about, oh, what section are you sitting in? Um, Where are you guys doing after the game? That kind of thing. You know, we've exchanged phone numbers and email addresses and stuff. So, yeah, it was it was nice. I mean, I, I recommend I recommend going solo to a Jaguars game, and the solo uh, continues to the actual game itself, right? Because I had bought a ticket alone, but in a pretty cool section. I was like facing I was like around the 50-yard line, like facing the Texans logo, not the flipped version. So I'm on like the TV side, you know? Right. In an upper section, but at the very bottom row of the upper section with the glass in front of me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw that in, the, in your pictures or your video, something that you sent me.
0: Yeah. And in terms of just enjoying the the feeling of being in a giant stadium with the acoustics and the sound echoing everywhere and... That kind of like uh, that, like white noise, like soft sound. Of people just like murmuring and chatting. it was it was a beautiful experience. Just the the game, unfortunately, if you were to graph my excitement for the game, it's just mostly going downwards the the entire time. I mean, that, again, that second quarter drive where we score our first touchdown, that made it feel like it was the real game. Trevor actually had, despite my criticisms, had several throws that were kind of in that elite quarterback top 10 quarterback kind of uh level that space later on that that also got me excited like i felt like it was justified that i had made the trip to watch the actual game definitely yeah but other than that no man it was i mean not too much fun at the stadium compared to what it what it could be there are people that, that were bringing their like you know they brought their like 10 year old like 12 year old kids to watch the game kind of in my vicinity who were almost like you know hey don't 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 make fun of the Jaguars fan, kid. Like, we need to good sports. <laughs> they, they've gone through enough already. Leave them alone. I, I got a lot of Texans fans trying to empathize, actually, saying that, like, oh, don't worry. Like, we went through the shit ourselves. And I'm like, but you don't get it. It's Trevor Lawrence. It's Urban Meyer. It's a new era. <laughs> you <know>?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They definitely don't understand. So, did you stay for the whole game, and what did you do after the game? Did you go out to the bars? Like, do people even want to go drink and hang out with fellow Jaguars fans after a loss like that?
0: Well, let me let me uh, let me finish two two quick things from the game itself, and then I'll talk about after the game. Okay, there was a lot of talk about uh, Terod Taylor. Um, who, by the way, uh, Tyrod? I've always called him Tyrod Taylor. I mean, everyone this week is like, "Oh, it's, no, it's Tyrod Taylor's Tyrod." <laughs> so there's this talk about Tyrod Taylor basically tearing us up. I mean, he looked like early career Tyrod Taylor, super exciting. Shit if you're a Texans fan, with that in mind, you know there's this couple behind me with binoculars who were looking at all kinds of stuff, and they start talking about how, like, "Oh, yeah, I don't need, I don't even know if Deshaun Watson suited up today." Honey, do you see him on the sideline? Can you can you see Deshaun? Do you see number four down there? Is he down there? And I turned around after some time. I was like, "Yo, my like, this guy is not coming into your stadium again, let alone playing for you. He might, he might, he might get traded off to some other team. Might play a few games, but his legal issues are gonna hamper his career, right? And you know what their reaction was? What's that? They were like, "Oh, I mean, I guess so. Damn." It's too bad he didn't do that shit in Las Vegas or San Francisco where it would have been accepted. Wow, yeah. I'm like what?
1: <laughs> what? I, I wasn't a, I wasn't aware that was um, you know, acceptable in Vegas or in San Francisco.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, where oh, in San Francisco. Yeah, didn't you know you can you can at any moment just expose your fucking erect dick to a medical professional.
1: Yeah, apparently. I, did they not understand the severity of what happened? Does a casual fan not
0: know? Or what's going on? They live in Houston, too. I'm sure they did. I, I don't know what it is. Kind of odd. I bet they they take it. They're more butthurt about Deshaun trying to split with a team earlier in the offseason okay. than they are about any of the yeah, legal stuff. They're probably
1: preying on a downfall, to be honest with you.
0: You know, also next to me, again, like another one of these dad-son pairings. There's a guy who had grown up in Jacksonville, uh, had left 10 years ago, and now living in, in Houston, was wearing Texans gear with his son. Hmm. Whew. I don't know how I feel about that.
1: Maybe they didn't have anything else to wear though. What do you want them to do? Yeah, did did you see other Deshaun Watson jerseys or were they Oh hell yeah. Oh really? Oh yeah. 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 I mean I mean, I'm sure if people did have a jersey, they would have a Deshaun Watson jersey or DeAndre Hopkins, right? Like outdated yeah. ones
0: a little bit, yeah. but Hopkins and Watson, especially Watson, you know, it actually reminds me a lot of Minshew jerseys around too. You you saw Minshew jerseys? Is that what you're saying? Oh hell yeah the whole weekend oh wow mm-hmm. wow yeah. and texans fans next to me who who themselves they left at the beginning of the fourth quarter man hmm. it's like watching a movie for me like i just don't leave dude like credits come up i'm like yo i'm still watching this stuff because you know i'm here <laughs> why not it's gonna be over and i'm just gonna where am i gonna go 7-11 right 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 yeah why would you leave
1: especially when your team's winning right when the home team's
0: winning no it's insane it's kind of weird Yo, but these before they took off, they turned to me and they were like, or or they said, they basically said, yeah, like yo, y'all, y'all should have stuck with Minshew. Hmm. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, thank you for your comment. Yeah. (laughs) Um, they were also, they were also, uh, with no prior Jaguars background, they were like laughing at Andrew Wingard when he got beat on like one of the touchdown throws. Oh. They're like, oh man. They're like, that guy was wide open. That cornerback wasn't anywhere near him, right? Not, Not knowing he's a safety. Right. And, uh, and I turned to them, I was like, yeah, Wingard, dude, like, we even we don't know why he's in there. And I'm like, you know, all respect to the guy. He's just like an adrenaline-loving, like, snowboarder from Colorado. And then they just burst out laughing.
1: Uh, I was cussing his name quite a bit on Sunday. Quite a bit.
0: So, yeah, so the, you know, stadium was a, it was a nice one. They had the dome covered because I guess it's, you know, humid, hot summer weather still, even though it was a pretty cloud-covered day. Right. Uh, it wasn't too highly attended. I mean, everywhere you looked, there were open seats. Some of the people that had been sitting near me had actually filled those seats from from worse seats uh, when they saw that they were open. There's one seat I remember next to me. It was online listed for probably way more. It should have been listed for. It never sold. So I had an empty seat next to me throughout the the whole game. And then and then going down out of the stadium, there's a few dejected uh, Jaguars fans. There's one one guy was still trying to get some Duvals in. A lot of heavy jaguars attire. I met. Um, it was like a jaguars pun on Cleopatra, Tealopatra. What? What? <laughs> Yo, man! Like entire like groups of people with like uh, leopard skin tights and like teal afros and heavy makeup and shit. it was impressive. I was, I was, I was very much in admiration.
1: It that's good though.
0: It's very nice. We're kind of floating around afterwards, and, and I actually uh, saw the, the, the gate where Texans players were coming out after the game and after showering and press conferences or whatever. So they were coming out one by one, and I'm not too familiar with the Texans roster, so there were some hardcore fans who were trying to grab signatures and stuff. And uh-huh. These players are coming out, meeting up with like their, their partner or like their friends or family, and then just walk into their cars. And I was like, hmm, there must be the Jaguars equivalent of this somewhere. Right. Yeah. So to not miss out on anything, I actually walked around the entire stadium one last time to try to find where the Jaguars bus would be. I, naive me, I thought there would be one bus. I finally get all the way back around and see Jaguars jerseys, people standing around, and there were they had like five buses, like charter buses, revved up, ready to go. And I guess the players and coaches were all still inside for for a minute. Hmm. I you know checked in with a couple Jaguars fans there. Hey, is this are we thinking this where the Jaguars are going to come out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, all those buses are waiting for them there. Uh, but it but it, you know most likely they wouldn't come talk to us or anything because they're they all their concern would be is bussing to the airport.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Around this time, Ashlyn Sullivan walks out. Who we had had Ashlyn on our show last year. Yeah. So I said hi to her and that I mean that was fun. But I don't, no one else from the Jaguars establishment was exiting that gate. I look across the way. And Laviska's family's there. LaVisca's mom smiles in my general direction. I'm sitting here. I look down. Like I'm wearing a LaVisca jersey, the one that you brought me.
1: Oh yeah, nice, nice. That's very cool.
0: Yeah. So that was a that was a that was a nice moment. She calls her son, and he's like, Yeah, you know, you know, I can't come out the gate. Like we're just gonna go straight to the airport and shit. So she eventually like took off. But we waited for another few minutes, and sure enough, all these buses get fired up. You know, This is after seeing Houston Texans players come out in their own cars because they, you know, they live in the city. So you're seeing like right. Bentleys, pun intended. You're seeing like all these custom. Dude, these guys like love giant a- pickup trucks that have been spray painted like a stealth bomber gray with like neon lining on the top. Some weird shit, man. One by one by one. Is it, is it a Texas thing? It's got to be a Texas thing. It's got to be a Texas thing. Although the players often had other state license plates. Like they had probably got the card their previous team and then hadn't changed over. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that was, it was fascinating, man. So uh, the Jaguars bus has come out and the first bus, first person, first seat is Urban Meyer. Really? In his white shirt, man. And I'm, I'm sitting there. I know, man. It's like, it's kind of like,
1: uh,
0: I don't know. Like, it's definitely something I would have done when I was younger, too. But here, my 34-year-old is sitting there just waiting to wave at people on a bus. But I'm like, whatever, man. Let's do this. Like, let's show some support. We're still with you guys. You don't know who's on that bus. There's going to be some rookie players that are probably, like, shocked Mm -hmm. that they got blown out in their first game, doubting their careers and shit. You know, it'd be nice if we can sit there, make some noise, and and wave. You know, wave them, give them some encouragement. But Urban Meyer, man, Stern not really looking out at it, anything, just in that bus as it zooms out in his white shirt since but you could already see his pissed off. Wow. Yeah. I saw I mean I could see, you know, uh Shaq Griffin, Trevor, a couple other players as they zoomed out through the windows. But and that was it. That was a done, done day. Well, well did you you didn't fly home then? That night, I know that No, I didn't, I didn't fly home that night I actually got invited out by some uh, friends in the city Some uh, Sudanese oh, okay. uh, friends I'd met actually in Denver before To this awesome Middle Eastern food, shisha garden restaurant uh, It was a blast, man Houston's got some cool spots Oh, that sounds like a good time
1: It's a good way to end, end the trip, right?
0: Yeah, something completely unrelated to the Jaguars <laughs> I guess all in all, I love the trip. I recommend traveling to games. I recommend doing the Bolt City Brigade stuff, reaching out to other Jaguars fans, making friends. To some extent, that's what the stuff is like all about. Exactly. Watching the, the game itself, you know, it was fun to go to another stadium, but it was not a fun game as a Jaguars fan to, to watch. I don't know, man, like a lot of other people, it's pretty f- depressing. I was asking a lot of big questions a lot earlier than I thought I'd be asking them. Okay. Are we going to have a decent year this year? Like, are is there, are we going to be watchable? Are we going places? Like, when the USC coaching vacancy rumors started going around this week, my first reaction was, oh, my God, Urban Meyer is going to, like, f leave us for that shit. Like, what, an, what a jerk. And then I'm like, man, what if he left us? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, he made it clear that he's not going to leave, so... He said he's pretty committed, man, and I I do believe him. And I, I know he did not handle that loss well because he's not used to losing. And I know Trevor's not. A bounce back is is very possible, right? They're gonna they're gonna adjust. They both saw their first game in the NFL. It's probably a nice wake up call for them for sure. Trevor's post game comments were pretty reassuring. If you're a Jaguars
0: fan, you know he he made you feel good. I wish Trevor was our coach. His his comments are insane. Yeah. I love him, yeah. At the same time that he's admitting and like identifying his mistakes, he's like pumping you up for the next game. It was perfect. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I loved what he had to say and I believed him. Like I don't know what the hell is going to happen on Sunday, but I believe everything he's saying.
0: Yeah. Another thing completely like unrelated to anything, the the new numbers, the single digit numbers are confusing as hell. Oh my god, I'm sick of them. When you go like Jihad Ward goes down to number six, Mm -hmm. yo, okay, that is not making you look any bigger or smaller. It's not making you look any faster or slower. It just looks like really graphic design.
1: Yeah, and it's confusing the out of me. Yeah, not a
0: not a fan of that. I am not a fan of that. Hmm. It's gonna be confusing to watch. Yeah, I'm gonna probably catch most of the rest of the season, you know, as as usual, streaming uh, or on TV. I don't know. I feel like I, it was nice to get that game kind of. I don't know. It's weird to say this out of the way. It almost felt like a duty because the game sucked. <laughs> so yeah, it's out. The, it's out of the way now, and we can look on to the rest of the season. Um, another thing I want to say is like kind of a analysis of this game. You know, obviously it was a mess for us. And when when you win, usually more things are congealing. Like people are coming together, they're converging, and it's an overall better team performance.
1: Yeah. Definitely.
0: But as an experiment, I wanted to look at what it, what would happen if we actually projected this game's stats for the rest of the season, <laughs> particularly for offensive players. Are you ready to hear it?
1: Yes. It's going to sound ugly, huh?
0: So Trevor Lawrence went 28 uh, out of 51 passing attempts for 332 yards, and then infamously uh, three interceptions to match his three touchdowns. And and by the way, like the feeling was he was already playing Blake Bortles' garbage time kind of football by like maybe third quarter he mentioned that himself too yeah so if you were to project those stats for the rest of the 17 game season our rookie quarterback trevor lawrence would have 5,644 yards (laughs) with 51 touchdowns and of course 51 interceptions You know,
1: all of that sounds um, incredible minus interceptions. If you said 20 interceptions, I would be like, wow,
0: what a season. What a season. Yeah. All right. Keeping it in the pass game here, our receivers, um, DJ Chark caught three balls for 86 yards. By the way, they were, my first impression was they were dropping everything, man. It was, it was ridiculous. I was, I even tweeted out, I was like, you know, forget run, run, pass. We've got, like, drop, drop, and then, like, penalty goes our way. That's our first down. Like, that was it. Like, the first, uh, <laughs> you know, I like guess second, third drive, it seemed. So, Chark, Chark was a mixed bag, man. Like, you know, I understand some of those passes weren't perfect, but definitely not on top of his game, even though he had a, a, a couple nice uh, uh, catches, especially that touchdown. So Chark, Chark, three catches for 86 yards uh, projected for the season would be 51 catches for 1,462 yards. And then Marvin Jones at five catches for 77 for the season would be an 85-catch, 1,300-yard season. And then LaVisca had seven catches, um, but for less yards than those other two, so for just 50 uh, yards, uh, which would amount to 119 catches for the season And then 850 yards.
1: Hmm. I could see him having, you know, a hundred reception season though, because it looks like they throw a lot of screens to him and have a lot of uh, plays designed specifically for him. So that one kind of makes a little bit of sense. I mean the yards for Chark and Marvin Jones that would be outstanding, but I don't see that happening.
0: Yeah, it was it was interesting. And you look at the rushing, right? So we 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 d- did not take advantage of our rushing game in the least bit. This oh game. boy! If you were to uh, project our split carries from Carlos Hyde and James Robinson, you'd have Carlos Hyde with 748 yards for the season and James Robinson 425, both combining. For you know, barely you know, eleven 1, hundred yards right there. So, a lot of imbalance in this game, and hopefully that's something we can correct. Looking forward to the next week. And how are you, I want to ask you now? Like, how are you feeling about the game against the Broncos? You know the Broncos very well. If you if you're not aware of this, I said has been living in Colorado for a minute now. Keeps up with local sports radio. You're even on local sports radio talking about this stuff. What's your gut with the Jaguars Broncos game coming up?
1: <laughs> Yeah, I've been having to defend the Broncos, but people are, I'm sorry, defend the Jaguars. And I've had a little bit of help. You know, people are, you know, betting the spread and the Jaguars are five and a half point underdogs and they're at home, which really means they're like eight, nine point underdogs, which is quite a bit in the NFL, especially for a game manager like Teddy Bridgewater. Man, the Broncos fans, they are feeling really good. Their their defense is really good. We already know that, but they feel great about their defense. Von Miller had a pretty, pretty, pretty nice game. Bradley Chubb, their other pass rusher, didn't even play last game, so he should be ready to go on Sunday. So they're going to have two guys on each edge attacking Trevor Lawrence, and by the look of that offensive line on Sunday, that's not not going to be good for Trevor. Not at all. They have a really good secondary, so our receivers need to get open, man. They have to create separation, and they have to help out their quarterback. Honestly, off top, all I can think about is We got to run the ball. We got to run it down their throat. Like if it doesn't work, you know, we don't have to go with the run, run pass. But we got to mix it up a little bit, man. You got to help Trevor Lawrence out. I don't think this is a guaranteed lock for the Broncos, even though that's what a lot of the sports books think, a lot of the experts think. I think the Jaguars can still win this game, man. It's going to be a hot day. It looks like there's some rain in the forecast. I'm feeling good about it. It's setting up to be, you know, a, a ground game, really. Maybe even on both sides. But can we stop their offense? That's my question. Can we stop anyone's offense?
0: Yeah, I wish you were going to this game because so far you're you're like undefeated, right? Attending Jaguars games? I am 2-0 and oh, lifetime. Ugh, man. I Thank you for your breakdown. That was fabulous. And I want to ask you after all of that, do you think that we're going to be able to make those important corrections in the areas you mentioned and, 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 and be in the game? Like in the fourth quarter, is this going to be a winnable game by any means? I mean, I would like to think so. So when I was on the
1: radio today here uh, locally in Denver, the host of the show basically said, you know, no matter the team or the result or how it happened, I throw everything I see in week one away because it's a week to week league. But especially in week one, a lot of things change and a lot of adjustments are made. So you should never panic after a week one win, week one win or loss. You know, you shouldn't get too excited off a win and not too excited or too down on yourself after a loss because it is just week one. and there's It's a long season. You know, this isn't college where, you know, Urban Meyer, if you lost at Ohio State week one, week two, their chances to win, you know, the national championship, they're over, they're shot. That's not how it works in the NFL. And Trevor and Urban need to have that same mindset, right? You got to move on, throw everything away from week one and just move on, no matter if you, barely lost or if you got blown out like we did
0: where are we gonna go watch the game
1: (laughs) (laughs) um we're thinking somewhere uh downtown denver definitely surrounded by all broncos fans so we'll 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 have some stories next week too being surrounded by all broncos fans and you know they do show out they show out for their broncos I, i don't know how other fan bases are and how strong they are i mean it sounded like the jaguars are pretty tight knit with their you know, community, but I know this Broncos fan base, these guys are crazy, man. They
0: are crazy. The city will be packed. Yeah, we're definitely going to the belly of the beast for this one. Should we Should we wear our matching Chanel jerseys?
1: We definitely should. We're going to get some very mean comments, but maybe not as much because it's Chanel. So I think that's actually a safe jersey to wear,
0: you know, since he went to CU. Then we might be a little safe there. Oh man, I'm pumped. Looking forward to it. Last thing before we wrap up today, I said, how has your outlook for the Jaguars season changed after this first game?
1: Honestly, well, I I guess I'm going to go with my boy and say, I'm going to throw away everything from week one and see what happens on Sunday, how we compete, not just win or loss, but how we compete, how the play calling changes, how Urban handled the loss and how Trevor handled the loss. And most importantly, I have to see this defense play a lot better than they did on Sunday. That is not acceptable in the NFL. It was it was ugly, man. And I really, really pray that we're seeing Andre Sisko in there instead of Andrew Wingard, because boy was he bad. And you know who else was really bad, Bentley? It was Caleb on Chase on. Oh my good God. Oh
0: You know the you know the childhood activity, the what is it like the slip and slide thing? Like a big sheet of plastic, and you have like running water over it, and you just like run until you fall and you're. A- yeah. Yeah. That's, that was some Chase on, chase on uh, slip inside. Uh, yeah. And I'm trying to think in French, would it be like chason et tombon or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That uh, play with Tyrod Taylor, um,
1: where he caught Chase on twice, was very embarrassing for sure. Ooh,
0: Guess take a deep breath. And we'll move on.
1: Yeah, we got, we got to move on. We're 0-1, and it's still a long season.
0: Still a long season. I know we say this every year, but we got to trust the process, right? Agreed. Agreed. So thank you all for joining us on this week's episode of The Drunken Jaguar. Feel free to give us a follow on Twitter, at Junkendraguar, to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. We are a SB Nation and Big Cat Country podcast. Uh, Check out our other shows on the network. And we look forward to joining you next week after hopefully a good Jaguars performance against the Broncos. You ready for it? Yes, sir. Go Jags. Go Jags. Oh, God. Are we doing? I thought we were doing Duval. Oh, we should do a Duval. We should do a Duval. We need to embrace it. All right. You ready? Let's do it. All right. One, two, three. Duval. one last thing back to the Chenault jersey a jaguars fan <laughs> stops me and says "Ooh, i like that Scobie." oh no and i keep walking by and she's like to your friend she's like oh shit, that wasn't josh scoby jersey was it <laughs> <Chenault>. <laughs> yeah. so i felt bad i'm not, not judging